What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings Podcast, a.k.a. The Power Rankings Show. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison. I'm exhausted because of the person I'm pleased to be joined by at Marcus underscore Mosher. Oh, my gosh. I just saw how you signed in. Uh, Elliot, how's it going? I want you all to know I argued with Marcus for two hours tonight about Dak Prescott. Marcus loves him some Dak Prescott. Let me tell you. Yeah. So, anyway, some somewhere between the eighth and twelfth best quarterback in the league. I don't know if that's loving. I just feel like that's just being honest. That's all. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're uh, we're not going to talk about Dak tonight. I can't do it. Um, I, I I hate to say a big game tonight. It was a big game for the Patriots. I don't know that the Arizona Cardinals were going anywhere, but the New England Patriots beat the Cardinals tonight. If you missed the Monday Night Football game. Wasn't a very exciting game. I have three big takeaways from the game. What really is the headliner for you? Yeah, it's Kyler Murray, right? Uh, went down, I think, on the second, second, third play of the game, the torn ACL. Just a bummer um, because he's the only reason that team is even somewhat fun to watch because of his playmaking. And now you got to worry about, like, will he even be ready for week one of next year? It just it sucks. Three quick takeaways. Uh, on this game for me. Number one, no organization is in more turmoil than the Cardinals. Not the Saints, not the Colts, the Cardinals. What do you do about the quarterback who's now hurt, the GM, the head coach? Um, do, you, do you have any problem with this statement? No, it's it's just going to be so hard to evaluate everything now. The good news is at least Colt McCoy is a stable backup quarterback that can help you at least have a functioning offense the rest of the season. Uh, while we're talking about quarterbacks, Mac Jones, man, I, 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 you know, in this era of we're wanting so much from our quarterbacks, I mean, Jalen Hurts, front runner for MVP, uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, what they're able to do with their legs and playing kind of outside the box. But if you're just talking about pure precision passing, Mac Jones laid the ball in there perfectly several times tonight. I'm always surprised and then impressed by his accuracy. Yep. He wasn't fantastic tonight, but he wasn't terrible, no. especially in the second half. He looked pretty good. The raw numbers aren't going to tell you a lot because he finished the game with no touchdowns, one interception, pass rating of 75. But you watch the second half of this game, he's a big reason why they ended up winning. It's just you see certain throws and you're just – like, my gosh, you know, that, that yeah. one to Hunter Henry down the seam where he looked off the safety. Uh, just every time I watch Mac Jones, I think, you know, with a little tweak here, a little tweak there, this guy could be a really great pocket passer he, in the league. He's not having as bad of a season as the raw numbers indicate. Right. Didn't you write about him uh, not too long ago? Yes, Actually. I did. Go check yeah, him out at PFF. All right, there we go. Uh, Marcus doing a lot of work on PFF. We're going to talk about another quarterback Marcus wrote about on PFF here in just a minute when we do our power rankings. Uh, my last takeaway from uh, the game tonight is that Patriots defense over this era of Patriots dominance, which I know they haven't dominated the last couple of years, but I think the thing that was always overlooked was how opportunistic Bill Belichick Patriots defenses are. And that always makes them viable. It always travels. And it's another reason why they are a playoff threat again this year. And we saw it again tonight. 
They have an emerging star on defense and Josh Uche. Uh, over the last Heck yeah. five games, Elliot, I'm looking at it now, five, six, nine, ten sacks in his last five games. Ten. Yeah, the, pl- yeah, the play where your favorite player in the league got an interception. Uh, Uche came around the left tackle and put his hands on the left tackle's hands to knock his arms down. Mm-hmm. So the tackle couldn't get his hands on him and then straight rush the quarterback and force Colt McCoy into a bad throw and just really impressive stuff. Those were my takeaways from the game. Uh, anything that I'm missing? Marcus Jones might be the most fun player. In the <laughs> Here we go. Right now. Well, I just, I mean, he was unbelievable in this game. He played 77 total snaps. He got a carry on offense. He got a reception on offense. He had an interception. He had a couple of big pass breakups on DeAndre Hopkins. He had a nice punt return. He had a nice kick return. Nobody else in the league is doing anything like this. We we yesterday we had a talk about the most unique players in the league. How is he not one of them? He, uh, he is. Um, it was fun to see that. Um, yeah, I mean, he had that big punt return against the Jets uh, that won the game. That was a mm-hmm. huge win. That might be the game, the win that puts the Patriots in the wild card. I mean, they're uh, seven and six now. I mean, even after the loss last week, they're right back in the hunt. Let's not forget that Miami also lost this week to the mm-hmm. Chargers. That puts them a game back on Miami. Now, granted, Buffalo is going to win that division, but Miami's one of New England's main uh, competition for uh, the AFC wildcard. Uh, that said, we've got the rankings to get to. We're going to get to some of these teams. Do you think New England's a playoff team, if you had to guess right now? No, their schedule is pretty tough the rest of the way. They play at the Raiders, home against the Bengals, home against the Dolphins, at the Bills. It feels like two and two is probably the best they're going to go there. And I just don't see nine and eight probably being enough for them. Well, we know the Bills are going to win the East. The AFC South is truly up for grabs, but I don't think whoever finishes second is going to be a wild card team. It's going to be AFC South or bust. Yeah. Uh, AFC North, it's going to be the Ravens or Bengals. My guess is the Bengals with the Ravens being a wild card. And Although the Ravens already big, have nine yeah, wins, which that's going to make right. it tough, right? Right. That was a big win they got uh, yeah. at Pittsburgh this weekend. And then in the AFC West, you got to figure Kansas City and then the Chargers did a lot to get themselves back in the mix. So we're looking at Chargers, Ravens, Dolphins, Patriots. Jets. Jets, yes, Jets. And boy, did the Jets have a big game this week against the Lions, who you you hate the Lions, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, Okay, with that, we're going to get into the power rankings. Oh, here we go. All right, Uh, don't even get me down this. uh, I'm baiting you so hard, you just won't take it. I got to tell you guys, Marcus not only baited me into an argument tonight, but kept pulling up data and asking me questions and then when I didn't have my rankings done, he's like, why don't you have your rankings done? I'm exhausted over here. I'm like, because you keep asking me questions and making me rank NFC quarterbacks so that you can tell me that Dak's the best player in the history of the league. It's I got just, you sucked into this. You're already back to debating. This is so good. It's, it sucks is what it does. All right. Here's the rankings uh, for week 14. Uh, start at 32. I know they played tough this week, but I still have Houston uh, last they probably should have won the game in Absolutely. Dallas. Would you agree with that? Yeah, they um, played their tails off. I, I, give credit to Levy Smith. I, I know we joke about him a lot, but that team played really, really hard on Sunday. 
And that's really been my thing with Lovey this whole year. The quarterback position has been bad. I think some of the strategic moves he's made has been bad. And by the way, he had another one in this game where he should have gone for it. I'm like, Lovey, be aggressive. My gosh, you guys are one ten and one, mm-hmm. but his players definitely play for him. There's no sure. question about that. Uh, number 31, I have the Broncos who Marcus finally got something done from the offense. A little bit. Yeah, and the defense got three turnovers over uh, against Patrick Mahomes. This is the best they played all season, even in a loss. But they're still my thirty-first uh, best team. You know, I, I'd like to see two good games from their offense. But Russell Wilson uh, got hurt in this game. Uh, his status a little bit up in the air. Uh, number thirty, the Cardinals, who we just mentioned, this might be a little low for them. But again, I'm kind of considering them holistically. It's going to be tough days in those halls uh, for the next month. Yeah, their wins this year are not the most impressive ones. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. At number 29, another team that's kind of been in turmoil, but they did something about it. They made some decisions. Uh, granted, not as many as their fans would like. I've got the Colts at 29. They were on a bye this week. Yeah, they're another team that's in a really bad spot going forward. Uh, 28, a team we don't talk about a lot. We really don't. We thought their quarterback was really going to turn a corner. Um, the Chicago Bears, they lost to Green Bay this week. Um, this is probably a game they could have won. Um, last week. Last, last oh, excuse me, Bay. last week. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but um, I guess at this point, how do you evaluate Justin Fields? How do you evaluate Matt Eberflus with the personnel they have on defense? Because I know you wanted to see their defense play better, but they got rid of some of their best players. I'm having difficulty knowing whether they are trending upward or downward or they're just kind of a bad football team. I think they're a bad football team. The good thing is I think you have to be encouraged with how Justin Fields has developed over the second half of the season. So all in all, probably going to be a successful season for them, right? Fields got better and they're still going to get a top three draft pick. Not That's that, the, not the key worst case right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Chicago, I, I, I was talking about Green Bay, but that was last week because they were on a bye this week. They've got Philadelphia coming nice. up. But you know what? And I know this is probably not going to happen, but if they could upset a team like Philadelphia or do what Houston did this a week. A franchise-changing win, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, and it can you. happen. We've seen this kind of thing a lot of times. Um, like we said, Houston probably should have won that game. There's no reason why Chicago can't do that. Uh, especially when you have a quarterback as mobile as fields causes a real problem for the defense. Number 27, I've got the Los Angeles Rams. I moved them up a few spots. They're still cruddy, but that was exciting, man. At, at least they're 5% more interesting to watch now that they have Baker for the, the remaining four games of the season. Um, yeah, I've, they've got some, well, I think every game the rest of the way is in prime time. So we're going to see a lot of them, but yeah, it's not, it's not still that good. I still can't quite figure out what their offense is doing, particularly the running game. It's so hit or miss all the time. And uh, at least it's not as painful as watching the Bucks. I mean, literally everything is hard for the Bucks. A three-yard run is hard for the Bucks. We'll get to them in a second. Um, when you talk about teams that are organizationally having a really hard time right now, I think at 26, this is a team that you've harped on a lot. Do you have any different feeling on the Saints now than you did a week ago no i'm even more mad because if they would have beat tampa bay uh last monday night we would have had a <laughs> four-way tie for the nfc yep. south and the panthers would have had a legit chance to get in so no i'm even more mad at stupid dennis allen 
Yeah, that's because the Panthers beat Seattle this week. If you happen to miss that game in the late window, we'll get to the Panthers in a second. Let's stay with the NFC South. The Atlanta Falcons at 25. They're a 5-8 and eight team. They're still in it. They're still they're in still it. They're still in it. But they're going to have a new quarterback the rest of the way. Desmond Ritter starting for the rest of the season, which is this feels like the right time, right? Like, let's see what he looks like over the final four weeks. If he can get them to win two, three games, who knows? Maybe they back their way into the playoffs. Ritter went to University of Cincinnati, third round mm-hmm. pick. I know when, you know, we had Chad Ryder on, uh, shout out to Chad, uh, in the spring. You guys thought that Ritter was a good college player that would be a little bit raw mm-hmm. to just come in and start as a rookie. And so y'all thought it was good that Mariota was there. Uh, yes. Do you still feel that way? Yes. I think this is actually working out really well for Ritter, like not forced into action. They've got the running game going. I think they can do a good job of kind of letting him play inside that offense and have some success over the next few weeks. And if he does, and somehow this team goes eight and nine, that might be enough. It might be enough. Yes. That's just crazy to think about team that just beat Atlanta a couple of weeks ago, Pittsburgh Steelers, a tough loss to Baltimore, Baltimore didn't have Lamar Jackson. Then Huntley got knocked out. The Steelers quarterback got knocked out. Uh, Ryan slash Kenny Pickett. Um, I know you're not upset about this at Pittsburgh at 24. No, this is a tough loss for Pittsburgh. Uh, They were moving the ball all day on Baltimore, but three turnovers, two inside the 10-yard line, difficult. But yeah, probably ends Pittsburgh's playoff chances. Probably a good thing for them long-term. They need a top 10 draft pick as is. Well, if their loss didn't end it, I think New England winning tonight uh, probably definitely did it. Probably definitely. Always good to say probably definitely. I think you're right, though. It probably definitely ended their chances. (laughs) At 23, now we'll go back to the NFC South conversation, uh, Carolina Panthers. Um, Hey, you got to give them credit, man. They went to Seattle. They won. They played really good football for the most part under Steve Wilkes. What if they had won that game? In Atlanta, that crazy game that they no, had a couple of kicks that they could have won it. They missed two kicks in that game, one in the fourth quarter, one in overtime. Um, I, I mean, could this team actually end up winning the NFC South? I mean, it's not crazy. Their schedule's not terrible the rest of the way. It what do they got? The, they've got Pittsburgh, home against Pittsburgh, home against Detroit, at Tampa Bay. Uh, and then I think they finished up with the Saints in week 18. They could win all those games. They could, but it's also Carolina. They could lose all four of those as well. Yes. So yeah. that's what's tricky about this Panthers team. Marcus, in this league, so at 22, uh got the Jacksonville Jaguars. You just wrote an article about Trevor Lawrence. You say he's the best quarterback since week seven in the NFL. Are you sticking to that? He's played amazing. Uh, he, he's been lights out. I, I, I was so impressed with the way he played against the Titans. Um yeah, I, this Jacksonville team, I don't know if they're ready yet to win this division, but they're going to be a tough out for some good teams the rest of the way. So that I stay with our show thematically, I don't want to bog things down here, but did you happen to see his second touchdown pass where the Titans' safety misjudged it mm-hmm. and he jumped up and it went just over his fingertips? Mm-hmm. I did. I couldn't, I couldn't recognize where I had seen that before, and I realized it's the cut screen of Tecmo Super Bowl when they would show your defensive yes. back go up for yes. it, I guess like Jerry Rice, and the ball would go over your defensive back's hands, yep. and Rice would catch it. That yeah. was throw to Zay Jones. Yeah, and you used to think 
that when you'd see the cut screen of your defense back, you're like, oh yeah, I'm getting an interception here. And you're like, no. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Totally down. All right. At 21, I'm not so sure the Jags couldn't beat this team right now. It's the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah. We've been talking all NFC South football here from 21 through 26. So we've got the Saints at 26, the Falcons at 25, the Panthers at 23, and the Bucks at 21. Uh, am I being too harsh? No. But don't count out this Tampa Bay team quite yet. They've had a lot of injuries, and a lot of these guys are going to be back before the playoffs start. Like Vita Vea got hurt. Tristan Wirfs got hurt. Um, Jim Aldean got hurt. I, I, I think, I just think by the time we get to January, they're going to be a much better team than what we're seeing right now. Their offense has been painful to watch. Is so is this, this team at 20 here. Uh, this team beat Tampa Bay in overtime a few weeks ago, but Cleveland's offense with Deshaun Watson has been a big dud. They played Houston. They played Cincinnati. They played Cincinnati tough, but they're just not getting enough offensively. No, they're not, and it's not unexpected, right? You expect Watson to look a little shaky. First year in the scheme, not playing in 700 days. You just want to see some signs of improvement over the final month of the season. Speaking of Watson – lamest segue ever but uh green bay's wide receiver i mean rookie of the year possibility probably not just because garrett wilson and alave have been so good but he's been pretty incredible um but green what bay, if he keeps not, up this pace i mean yeah. what if he keeps like what if he scores a touchdown in every game the i rest mean of the if, way? He, if he ends up scoring like 13 touchdowns this year it's gonna be kind That's of hard very, to say yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um by the way, it's just crazy. Green Bay is not totally out of the playoff picture. I know. I know. And I, you know what I can guarantee you? I can Let's guarantee go over their you is like, you know what? We don't really want to play Green Bay in the first round of the no, playoffs. No, no way, man. Okay, so they're five and eight. So let's look at their last four games. All right. Home against the Rams next week. So you're coming off mm-hmm. what is that? Fifteen day break? Yeah. And then you play at Miami, tough game. Yeah, tough home game. against the Vikings, home against the Lions. They can win three out of four, don't you think? And that's probably not going to be enough because no. of that stupid tie that Washington and New York both have. But if they if they win all four and they're playing well, that sounds like a terrifying matchup for. Oh gosh. Or if they end up like the, if they end up being like the sixth seed and they play singing Fran in round one, it'd be kind of funny. Uh, number eighteen, I've got the Las Vegas Raiders. So tonight, before Marcus sucked me into this black hole of a Dak Prescott conversation, we were going through the the league leaders, and I hadn't gone through the league leaders yet this year, and it was really interesting seeing a lot of the guys. I think a lot of y'all would be surprised at you know certain players in certain categories. I was surprised Michael Pittman of the Colts was having a, as good a year catching the ball as he was, but I'm a huge Josh Jacobs guy. I had no idea he was averaging 107 rushing yards per game. Um, he's not going to get any MVP votes, but my gosh, Marcus, this guy could end up rushing for 1800 yards with hardly anyone outside of people that play fantasy noticing. And I'm really curious to see what happens with him in free agency because we've right. seen this before where running backs get a ton of work and a ton of volume in their final year, and then the free agency market just is like, hey, we're not interested. Case in point, DeMarco Murray back in 2014. I think Jacobs is a better player, but I'm, I'm curious to see what happens. 
I mean, it kind of goes as much as you've said that Jacobs has mattered to me privately, privately, even though you, you say running backs don't matter. Their record would indicate that running backs don't matter because yeah. it's still not translating to wins. They should have won Thursday night. That was just a crazy deal. Um, they should okay. probably have eight wins already this season. Like, no joke. They were up 17-0 on Jacksonville. They were up 20-0 in the fourth quarter against Arizona. They were up against Baker Mayfield. You just win those three games, and you're fine, you know? Truth be told, man, on a neutral field, I think they're – so i got the Raiders at 18, Packers at 19, at 17 – I think those teams might beat this team six times out of 10. I'm honoring this team's record to agree, but the New York giants are not trending the right direction. Um, no. And it, a lot of it's just talent based, right? They've had so many injuries. They, they just haven't been able to overcome them on defense, especially stuff. Thibodeau's got talent. I can, I can tell you that that guy's quick, but uh, yeah, that was ugly to watch. There was a bungled punt. There was a play where their safety easily could have made an interception and said Jalen Hurts got a touchdown pass to Devontae Smith. I don't know if you saw that play. I did. But uh, that made it 14 to nothing. The Eagles never looked back. I was so wrong on that game. Holy cow. Uh, number 16, another team that's not trending the right direction, frankly. They played the Rams way too close a couple weeks ago at home. Then they had a, another home matchup against Carolina. They didn't play well in this one. Seattle at 16, if they – keep farting around here, Marcus. They're going to lose their playoff spot to Detroit. Yeah, and their schedule's pretty tough going forward. I I, I got it right here. Okay, they're uh, seven and six. So seven and they six. Got? They play home against the 49ers on Thursday night football. That's a loss. At Kansas City on uh Christmas Eve. That's a loss. Home against the Jets. That could be a loss too. Home against the Rams final week of the season. I mean, I think nine and eight or eight and nine, either one. Yeah. That's yeah. probably not going to be good enough. Now, if they finish nine and eight and Detroit finishes nine and eight, they'll have the tiebreaker because Seattle. I, did I think they get Detroit. in at nine and eight. It's just, it's going to be it's tough. It's not going to be easy that. to get there. Yeah. What are, the, what are the two games they win? I mean, probably home against the Jets, home against the Rams. Right. Because Kansas City is still going to have something to play for. Uh, oh yeah, on Christmas, you know. So yeah. that's the problem. If Kansas City was the last week of the season, maybe. Um, okay, another team trending downward. Uh, it's a little bit of a theme here with the Raiders at eighteen, the Giants at seventeen, Seattle at sixteen, and now Tennessee at fifteen. This is the shocking one to me because they were playing such good football, and then they got demolished by Philadelphia, and they stunk against Jacksonville. How bad was their secondary? Oh, terrible, against Jacksonville. And they're in a tough spot too now where they're sitting at seven and six. They play at the Chargers, home okay. against the Texans, which that's fine. They'll probably beat the Texans. Home against the Cowboys at Jacksonville. There's a decent chance, Elliot, that that week 18 game against Jacksonville decides the division. Yeah. Yeah. It's looking just like Seattle. It looks like nine and eight or eight and nine for Tennessee. And it's too bad because this team is much better than a seven and six record. I'm going to quote you. To be fair, this is what you do in our DAC arguments, always with our DAC arguments. Uh, we knew the Titans' defense uh, secondary was a problem coming into the season. Yeah. They played over their heads most sure. of the year, which is a credit to coaching. 
uh, not this past week. At number 14, uh, a team that I think I might have dropped from last week, and I probably shouldn't have because they were on a bye, but just the way things played out. I have the Washington Commanders, and I think the Commanders are going to be one of the NFC playoff teams. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one, right? Like they could be significantly better by the end of the season if Chase Young comes back and looks like he did as a rookie. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to be excited about playing them at all the rest of the season. No, I mean, they still have a game with Philadelphia uh, that's in – no, no, Philadelphia, they're done. But they have a game against uh, Dallas Yes, coming up. Um, that's the final game play- of the season. Yeah, they play the Giants, I believe, this week coming up. That's on Sunday Night Football. And if you think, oh, well, they'll lose to the Cowboys, they play the Cowboys quite tough in Dallas, but Carson Wentz played that game. Washington historically plays the Cowboys very tough at the end of the year. Now, I will say they've got a really difficult schedule to finish out the year at home against the Giants. Please don't tie again. At San Francisco on uh, December 24th, home against Cleveland, home against Dallas. I think they can. I'm not saying they're going to. I think they can win three out of those four. Um, yeah. I, I, I could see a lot of it might Dallas. just depend on what Dallas has to play for, like in week 18. Like if Dallas is locked into the number five seed, they might not play Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence and Dak the whole game, right? Not only that, but if you've got no Terrence Steele, who knows what Tyron Smith's going to look like. You know, coming back, have, being a little bit older player and having missed all this time. And Washington has Chase Young with the way their defensive line has been playing. Uh, that might be a real rough go for the Cowboys yeah. matchup wise, even though I think the Cowboys are a better team overall. Uh, number 13, a team that got a huge win. Uh, I don't want to say a season saving win, but just in terms of tiebreaker, a conference win, playoff race, it's the LA Chargers. Oh, yeah, a huge win. Everybody projected the Dolphins to win that game. And Justin Herbert, I know the stats won't back it up, but he played one of the best games that you will ever see a quarterback play this season, like just completely in command. Uh, he was just throwing dimes all over the field. Anytime they needed a big play, he he made it. And don't look now, Elliot, but the Chargers back in this thing. I saw today Brandon Staley said Joey Bosa is close to returning. Rashawn Slater even has a chance to return over the next couple of weeks after tearing his bicep. Uh, I would not want to play the Chargers in round one. Let me just say that. Yeah, I mean, with Herbert making Dak Prescott in throws, you know, I'm with you, Marcus. He's really, uh, it's fantastic. I mean, it's just, yeah. I, I'm, I'm serious. Like, if you are, if you're the Bengals, right, and you win your division, and now you get a cyborg quarterback and Justin Herbert coming to play, you know, in Cincinnati, like that's the last thing I want to see is a guy like Herbert get hot for two quarters and beat you. I agree. I mean, when you think of like the top five quarterbacks in the league, you think like Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott again, and Joe Burrow. Then Geno Smith, right? Yeah. Okay. Then Prescott again. Uh, okay. And then uh, at number 12, this is a team that, I don't really believe in. I don't think my esteemed colleague here believes in them either. But they've got nine wins. <laughs> Who do you think I'm talking about? Baltimore Ravens, baby. C- correct. Correct. So let's talk about the quarterback position first. How's it looking for this weekend? Because they've got multiple injuries at that position. So doesn't seem like Tyler Huntley's probably going to play. They have to play on Saturday this week, which is a little quicker of a turnaround for somebody concussion protocol. 
doesn't seem like Lamar is going to be quite ready for this week. Um, this is a 100% true story. Anthony Brown, who played in the game against the Steelers, he was brought up from the practice squad in warm-ups. He was so bad at throwing to the receivers that they actually forced the long snapper to throw to the receivers and not Anthony Brown because he was just too inaccurate in warm-ups. So that's where the Ravens are at right now at the quarterback position. Their long snapper is more accurate than their starting quarterback. I mean, when you're using a you know a recent former Cowboys corner to play quarterback for the Ravens, we tore his Achilles. <laughs> you can have this problem. Uh, at number 11, uh, it's a team that I have shilled for a lot. I had him at 12 last week. I tried not to overreact. I only moved him up one spot. I didn't put them over Minnesota, but they handled the Vikings and then some uh, this week. It's Detroit Lions. Yeah, they just won on both sides of the trenches. That offensive line is playing out of their minds right now. One of the best tackle duos in the league. Jared Goff playing really well. Jamison Williams back in the lineup. A lot to like about this Lions team. You know who is really likable on this team? It's that doggone little receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown. My gosh. I'm I'm telling you, man. I love watching him play. Uh, I like the way the Lions use their backs, by the way. They Mm -hmm. use three different running backs. They use them in different situations, and it just works out. It works out. Uh, Number 10, team they're playing this week, and I think this is a sneaky, good game. Uh, It's an important game, New York Jets. Jets just hung around with the Bills again and almost stole a game in which their quarterback was broken in half and they had to play Joe Flacco. I mean, I really, really admire this Jets team. Uh, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, they're super gritty because of their schedule, but, man, they are so physically and mentally tough. Well, you always talk about you make fun of me with the Elliott Harrison specials. I think the Lions-Jets, I'm going to be watching that game. Um, that's a fun one. We'll talk about that on Wednesday when we do our picks podcast. Uh, number nine team that we saw tonight, New England Patriots. It might be a little bit high, but when you look at how many of these teams have not been playing well, and New England just kind of hangs around, and I think New England's going to be there at the end. Now, you may not think they're better than the Jets, but the last time they played head to head, they did beat uh, the Jets. And Mac Jones wasn't playing good earlier in the year. He's playing a little bit better now. Um, what do you think? Does this still feel too high? It, it does. I would swap them in the Ravens. I think the Ravens are better than the Patriots are, but I, I get why you have to put, put New England fairly high. They, they win the games they're supposed to win. They compete. They play good defense. Um, I just don't get a lot of enjoyment from watching this team, other than when Marcus I, Jones plays every snap. I guess I just trust New England – to play better on a neutral field than a team that has to use their long snapper to throw to their wide receivers. Well, I, I think for me, I think for me though, it's Baltimore has had some big leads against some of these awesome teams like Buffalo and Miami, and they just have managed to kind of blow these games. You know, they, they've got four bad losses from games that they were leading, and they still have nine wins, which is at least a little impressive. Hey. There's no question about that, but I'm thinking about where these teams are right now and what they can do right yeah. now. And uh, it's a dicey situation for Baltimore right now. I think after this week, we'll know a little bit more. I think they'll be this fine. Week, if, if they could survive and beat Cleveland this week and get Lamar Jackson back by Christmas, they're going to be in a good spot. They might still be able to win that division. I don't think they beat Cleveland this week. That's the problem. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Tough game. 
Uh, number eight, a team that New England's going to be jockeying for that. The AFC wild card's getting really interesting. Miami, yeah. by losing to the Chargers, just brought everyone super tight in that wild card. So how do you sort this out? Right now, Miami's a game ahead of New England, and they won the head-to-head. <laughs> I like this Dolphins team. I, I know Tua has not played particularly well over the last couple of weeks, but I still think this is a really good team. However... You look at their schedule coming up, and it's time to get a little bit worried about Miami. They've got eight wins. They probably need to get to 10 to to make it to the playoffs. Here's their final four games. At Buffalo, home against Green Bay on Christmas. That's Could be a loss. At New England, (laughs) home against the Jets. Could be a loss. That's what's so tough. It's like, can you find two wins in there? I don't know. I'm hoping they do because I want them in the playoffs because I think they're a fun and unique team. But my goodness, what a what a tough stretch they're going to have here. I think that what you're hoping for is to definitely sneak those or steal those two wins at home, uh, Green Bay and the Jets. Yeah, because that'll get you the 10 wins. And as you said, I think at 10 wins, they'll be OK. Um, but yeah, mildly terrifying against Green Bay if they're playing hot. It yep. is exactly right. It's kind of funny because we're talking about a five and eight team that's been garbage for so much of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, a team that really hasn't looked good for a long time now. I mean, since they beat Buffalo is Minnesota. I only have Minnesota at seven, quite frankly, because everybody else hasn't been impressive. Yeah. Um, but Minnesota, I mean, there was nothing fluky about their loss to the Lions. They were playing from behind the whole day. Every time they got a drive going, I would switch over from the game and switch back and they were punting. It's like every time they couldn't convert when they had to uh, getting on the plus side of uh, the field against the lions. Are you concerned at all? So the last few weeks I've actually had to get two new debit cards uh, because there's a lot of fraud that's happening in my area. Uh, I feel like it's happening a lot in Minnesota right now as well, because I think this team is not very good. Oh, Yeah, That's a true story, by the way. I did have to get new, two new debit cards. Yeah. I They've got a negative point differential, and they're like 10 and 3 or whatever they are. I could tell you one of your sports opinions that's fraudulent, but I just don't want to get back into that conversation. Tony uh, O'Brien was absolutely better than Terry Glenn. I did not want to hear that. <laughs> No, he was not. This is That's your worst opinion. Like, any, anybody go, knows we're Terry slow Glenn the show is, down. Yeah, okay. Speaking of. I keep saying speaking of. Sorry, I won't say that anymore. Number six, Dallas Cowboys. Um, deserved did you to lose. Them down? I did. I think I had them four last week. Let's uh, let's take a look at the uh, – I got the old um, – I pull out the uh, – I used my old Pro Football Hall of Fame notepad for, uh, for these. <laughs> yeah, show off, right? <laughs> um, I had them four last week. I've got them six this week. You think that's undeserved? I'm okay putting San Francisco ahead of them. That that doesn't bother me. Who's I'm not going to drop them below the Vikings. You know, they, they blew right. the doors off Minnesota. I'm not going to put them below Who, who is the other team that you put ahead of them then? Well, I'm not telling you. We'll get there. All right, there. keep going. That's fine. Uh, problems I see with the Cowboys. Look, you cover this team every day, so I'm going to talk a little bit. I give you, I give you the floor enough on this show. Uh, avoiding the quarterback situation. Uh, there's been a little bit, I don't want to call it a regression, but I think Micah Parsons certainly isn't trending upward at this time of year. Could be the amount of plays that the guy has played, but against Houston, he was really a non-factor. The guy that made the plays for the Cowboys on Sunday was mostly Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, LVE actually made some nice plays. 
Um, offensive line losing Terrence Steele is huge. And if the running game does not go for this team, I don't know the passing game is enough to lift it when they're not getting takeaways on defense. The key is, though, Dallas has been getting takeaways on defense, so it's greasing the skids on everything else. That's my take. Okay. And they have a good kicker. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to you. Underdog. Okay. That's, that's where I want the Cowboys to be is that underdog role. It's fine. All right. This Nobody was my way of a, this was my way of avoiding an argument. And by the way, just just uh, let you guys know, Ezekiel Elliott has over seven hundred yards rushing, over four yards of carry, four point two. Even though he always gets the ball when the Cowboys are just running out the clock or short yardage, he's having a great year. And then you've got Pollard, who's got like eight hundred and ninety four yards rushing. Uh, the Cowboys could have two running backs with a thousand yards uh, mm-hmm. if if Zeke gets the ball uh, a lot uh, towards the end of the season. On that subject of running the football. I thought the 49ers losing Elijah Mitchell was really going to hurt them more. I I liked Christian McCaffrey in the pass game, not as much in the run game for this team. But you know what? He had some really nice runs in this game, Marcus. And I think the fact that that Brock Purdy played so well helped him out. Yeah, the defense is absolutely incredible. You just look at what the last few games that they've had on defense. They gave up uh, – what, 14 points to the Rams, 16 to the Chargers, 10 to the Cardinals, 0 against the Saints, 17 against the Dolphins, and 7 against Tampa Bay. The defense is playing out of their minds right now, and the offense continues to, to run the ball well. They're creating chunk plays. The San Francisco team is just really, really good, regardless of who's at quarterback. Now, they're hoping to get Mitchell back, right, for the postseason. Yes, and that, um, that's the expectation, yes. Yeah, that's really huge. Because when you run the ball, even if you're averaging 3.4 yards a carry or something, you're not having a great game, you run the clock, you limit the possessions of the other team, and an opposing offense, if they only have eight possessions against the 49ers, they're not doing anything. And they're going to win. The 49ers are going to win 17-6. to Who cares how they win? Can can I just say their four losses this year are so random? So their losses. They lost in week one to the Bears, 19-10. to They yep. lost to the Broncos eleven to ten in the game that Jimmy Garoppolo oh, had the, yeah. the the safety. Uh, they lost to the Falcons twenty eight to fourteen, and Everyone then this amazing defense. <laughs> this amazing defense gave up forty four points at home to the Chiefs. Yeah, so those games are all unique. The Bears game, we we see week one anomalies all the time. That game was a knuckleball. Just throw it out. Was- throw, I, I always throw away week one. It doesn't tell yeah. you anything. Totally ugly. The Falcons game you referenced, I think the 49ers had like six starters that were out for that game. They weren't the 49ers. The Broncos game, it was all about the giveaways and the Jimmy G safety. They literally did everything they possibly could do to lose that game. And then the Chiefs, they ran into Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense maybe playing, other than the Bucks Sunday night game, playing their best offensive game of the year. Yep. Um, so they were Great. all unique. I was really depressed. When Debo got hurt, Marcus assures me he's going to be back in a couple of weeks. Um, I hope that's not just wishful prognostication in the Twitterverse, but um, what a great player. Okay, number four, this one may surprise you, but you asked me what other team I jumped over the Cowboys. Is it the Bengals? It is. They deserve yeah. it, man. I, they deserve fine. it. Burrow has been amazing. I, he's gotten so much better, even from last year when he had a fantastic year. Just it's like now he's almost trying to show off, right? Like they lost T Higgins, 
early in this game. Tyler Boyd broke his finger, and it's hey, it's we have only Jabbar Chase, Hayden Hurst is out of the lineup, and we're still going to beat you, right? And he's throwing the ball in some ridiculous windows. This team is absolutely for real, and it seems like they're right back into being in contention for making the Super Bowl in the AFC. I think what I like about it, number one, Chase, it was his, I think, his second game back now. Um, so that he's, he's healthier. They got Mixon back. So they were using Mixon and P Ryan. P Ryan had a really weird, uh, touchdown run in this game. Um, and then on top of that, they beat a team that's owned them Mm -hmm. down these players. I think Cleveland's beaten them at least three in a row. Cleveland swept them last year and Cleveland blew the doors off of them, uh, earlier this year, Mm -hmm. uh, on Monday night. So I think it was six straight games. Cleveland had beaten Cincinnati. Jeez, Louise. So a uh, big win for the Bengals. I draw, I jumped them over the Niners because of the clear difference in quarterback. Uh, Niners are playing their third string quarterback. Joe Burrow's playing almost as good as Trevor Lawrence, according to Marcus Mosher. Okay. Uh, number three, I've got the Kansas city chiefs. I don't think you'd have any argument with this, but would you put the Bengals over them because the Bengals beat them? Or is that more just about the matchup? I would put the Bengals over them. I would. I think the Bengals' defense is playing better. Uh, I don't know if I would say Burrow's playing better than Mahomes, but they're at least playing in the, on the same level. And I think Cincinnati can run the ball a little bit more consistently. I, yeah, I think I would put the Bengals ahead of them. I know that you think Gronk is the best tight end of all time, but I want to ask you, do you think you can already put Travis Kelsey at number two over Tony Gonzalez, over, over Whitten, Antonio over Gates? Gates? And we're getting really close, right? We're getting yeah. really, really close. You know, I know Gonzalez had great numbers and a long career. Witten obviously was quite a compiler himself. And then Gates was kind of the biggest play guy of that group. Like Gates was the guy that would actually terrify you in his prime. But I don't know that there's any kind of pitch and catch tandem. And so- I, I really mean this since maybe Manning to Marvin Harrison or – uh, Montana to Rice. Literally, I got a like cool stat one. for you. Ready? Okay. Yeah. So one of my favorite stats in the league for receivers and tight ends is how many games do you have at least 50 yards? Because I feel like at least if you're getting to 50 yards, it means you're having some sort of impact, right? Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey has gotten at least 50 yards in 12 of the 13 games this season. That's the most Jeez. in the NFL. The only game that he didn't get 50 yards, he had four touchdowns in. <laughs> Was that the uh, – that wasn't Titans. Was that Chargers? What, it was the Raiders game, game. Raiders, the Raiders. That's right. He had seven um, catches for 25 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, four game. touchdowns. Yeah. They were totally trying to get him that fourth one too. Yeah. Right? yeah. You could tell. Uh, number two, I've got the Buffalo Bills. They beat Kansas City in Kansas City head-to-head. They held off the Jets this week. I didn't get to see much of the Bills-Jets game uh, this week. I know mm-hmm. the Jets had uh, issue at quarterback. Um, but the Bills are taking care of business. I think they're the clear second-best team in the league, and if the road to the Super Bowl goes through Buffalo, look out. Josh Allen did not play well. He had only 130 net passing yards in this game, took a bunch of sacks. They couldn't really run the ball. But I've, I actually like this win a lot for Buffalo. Right, like You went into this game against a really physical team and played their style of football, and you beat them. It was... 
it was an impressive win for Buffalo. I, I really enjoyed watching them in that game. The defense, even without Von Miller, was so good. So good. Yeah, it's like a boxer who can handle different styles of fighters yes. or uh, you know, a hitter who can handle fastball pitchers, knuckleball pitchers, off speed. Um, and it's going to be great saying. for them because they're they're very likely to play, you know, the Jets in round one, or maybe they'll play the Chargers in round one. Like they can play; they're a little bit like a chameleon, right? They can play any style of football, and they can play it really well. Yeah, I still think if Bengals have to go into Buffalo, that'd be a really fascinating contest. Just don't uh, don't be that in round one. I, I want that to be a round two game if we get that. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, if Buffalo's the number one seed, it won't be a, a round one game uh, because they won't be playing in the wild. I don't card. think Buffalo's going to be the number one seed though. That's my hot take. Yeah, well, who's going to be number one seed? Jacksonville because Trevor it's, Lawrence is playing so great. Here's here's Buffalo's schedule. You ready? At yeah. Miami this week. At mm-hmm. the Bears, and then how about this? No, game? not at Miami. Miami should be a home game because they already played at Miami. No, sorry, it's at Buffalo. I'm sorry, at yeah, Buffalo. Yeah. Okay, at the Bears, and then on Monday Night Football on January second at Cincinnati. What a uh, game! And then they finish the season home against New England. They're going to go three and one. Do you know who they're going to lose to? The Bengals. The Bears, because Josh no, Allen's going to throw some no, goofball interceptions. No. But yeah, I, I if they go if they go three and one, I think they're the number two seed because I don't see the Chiefs losing the rest of the way. Yeah, that's that's a good point. If the Bills wear their whites though against Chicago Navy, that'll be a super great union matchup. But uh, Marcus isn't into those kinds of things. Uh, number one, I think this is obvious. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. I was wrong. I thought that the Giants would give them a heck of a game. They did not. The Eagles look great. And I know you were making fun earlier in the year. Like you're saying, yeah, people on my timeline on my mentions, uh, you know, keep saying the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, brother, it's starting to look like that. It really is. Mm-hmm. They are good top to bottom. They just don't have a hole, right? Everywhere in the roster is loaded. The quarterback's playing at an MVP level. The offensive line's the best in the league. It's a really, really good team. It'd be a shame if they got knocked off in the second round of the playoffs. You look at the moves that they made, Harry Roseman. I mean, number one, they've, they've hardly gotten anything from their first-round pick because he's been hurt. Um, but, I mean, obviously, A.J. Brown. We're looking at the league leaders. He's in the top 10 in receiving yards mm-hmm. and yards per catch. Uh, Son Reddick had another uh, double-digit sack season. I think that's his third one now. And first- that was kind of... What's that? First player in NFL history to record double-digit sacks for three different teams in three consecutive seasons. But it was a heck of a move for them to get him. And and we've seen, you know, you see A.J. Brown pretty much in the highlights every week. You don't really hear much about the Reddick signing, but that's been a big piece for them as well. Jalen Hurts is so doggone effective running the ball. He's just not making a lot of mistakes throwing the ball. Um, I, I it's It's like you said, it's hard to find a weakness right now. Mm-hmm. I am, I am curious though, if Washington made the playoffs and was able to get through the wild card round, and they played, I'd love to see a healthy Washington defensive line against the Eagles offensive line, because that's one line that I think could match up pretty well. Because this yes. is where the Eagles, be, the Eagles, would you agree? They beat everybody at the point of attack. Oh yeah, and I'm not, yes. and I'm not taking anything away from Hurts, but it's a little bit easier to do when you're 
winning. And when your leader, the guy that's calling the protections out is, is Jason Kelsey, you just have an instant advantage every week. Um, and he's probably your second best offensive lineman on your team, right? You've yeah, got a potential the- Hall of Fame center who's playing unbelievable, and he's your second best offensive lineman. Who do you think's their best? Oh, it's Lane Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I don't know. Second best offensive tackle in the league, according to PFF and Marcus Murray. I thought, I thought you might have gone with their guard, but that's okay. Uh, not a big deal. Or Dak right Prescott. Works. Yeah. <laughs> did I say that out loud? I, did, I didn't mean to. But if the Dak Prescotts play them, I'm look out. I mean, it's, mm, it's over. Look out. Okay. So I've got uh, to recoup the uh, recap the top five 49ers at five, Bengals at four, Chiefs at three, Bills at two, Eagles at one. Those are the power rankings. Those are my thoughts. I give you the final word, sir. Yeah. We just want to send out our thoughts and prayers to Mike Leach and his family. Uh, we are both big fans of Mike Leach. If you haven't heard, uh, the Mississippi State head coach uh, suffered a severe heart attack on Sunday afternoon. Um, seems like the situation's pretty dire. So we're just uh, we're hoping coach gets well because we, you and I just we love everything about him from the way that he coaches to his press conferences, but from his sense of humor, uh, just an all around good guy. Uh, you know, I don't know nearly as much about him as you do, so I'm, I'm pretty much going to lay out, but made a lot of innovation uh, or, oh, or, yeah. or didn't just create a lot of innovation or I guess you would say innovate. You don't need to say create innovation, but also took existing concepts in the passing game and expanded those. And not only that, but doing it with a certain flair, you know, we're not talking about some, you know, nerdy guy in a corner cubicle, <laughs> devising game plans. This is a guy that kind of had, uh, I, I told Marcus I was failing to come up with a really good comp, but kind of a Greg Popovich dry wit to him, mm-hmm. whether it was with a sideline reporter or someone else. And uh, having been through a very similar situation with my own dad uh, that the Leach family is going through right now, um, uh, I certainly feel for them. And um yeah, but I know he was a favorite of yours. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about a little bit like what you like so much about him? Because you were telling me that you used to stay up late just so you could watch him when he was with what was it, uh, Washington, Washington State? Washington State. Yeah, because yeah, he just had a such a, a unique style of football, right? I, I I always used to laugh when they would ask him about balance and you know does he throw the ball too much? And he said, well. You know, I think our offense is pretty balanced. We throw to one guy 13 times, the other guy 12 times, and the next guy, uh, you know, 11 <laughs> times. And that's balanced to me. Uh, yeah, he's just, he's not afraid to be himself. He, he's not afraid to do things unconventionally. Um, you know, he was, you look at the Texas Tech teams that had Michael Crabtree and they won some awesome games there. He goes to Washington State and transforms that program. And then everybody says he's not going to be good enough for the SEC. Goes to Mississippi State and they have a winning season. Uh, just a unique personality, a fun coach, and somebody that we're we're pulling for. You know, I, when I watched him the most, he was Graham Harrell's quarterback uh, mm-hmm. coach at Texas Tech. Was that the first program that he really got going? Uh, yes, passing yes. wise. Okay, yeah, he made Texas Tech a powerhouse for a couple of years. Yeah, that would have been what, like 2008, 2007, 2008. 2008 yep. Yeah. yeah, because Crabtree came out in 09 and Crabtree was their big star, but 
they spread it around. They didn't just throw it to Crabtree and uh, Graham Harrell had, uh, you know, some really big seasons um, back mm-hmm. then for the Red Raiders, but um, it's, it's, it's not a good story. It's, um, no, it's, it's it bummed me out to, to hear about it and um, uh, wish for the best hope for the best. Uh, I believe he's in hospice care. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's right. That's the report. Yeah. Yep. As of, as of this recording. Yep. So we don't mean to end the podcast on a downer note, but we wanted to talk about that. And um, like I said, there's there's some, and Marcus said, there's so many good clips of him with just these quick, quick hitting little quips and uh, just kind of makes you chuckle. And um, yeah, um, a big loss for college football and the sport of football in general. So mm. um, with that, uh, we've got picks to do on Wednesday. So I assume you're going to come with the lines and spreads ready. Um, are you pretty certain that you might finish even with me? Or are you pretty much relegating yourself to being behind? We got Saturday uh, football next week. I'm, I'm typically pretty good at Saturday games. So yeah, you better start uh, studying now. Just a preview to Wednesday's podcast without giving me the line, just straight up lions jets. Who are you taking straight up? That's, yeah, it's there because they're in New York. Yeah. You worried about quarterback at all for them? I mean, I mean Mike I White got. I haven't been worried too much. They've been able to win games this year without a quarterback, so I think they'll figure it out. I mean, a lot of people were complaining on Twitter when uh, there was a terrible roughing the passer call. Was it on Herbert? I guess it was last night, right? Wasn't it Miami? Uh, it was. Yeah, it was uh, Jalen Phillips on Herbert. Yes, yep. yes. I was trying to remember which call it was, yep. and people were like, man, Mike White didn't get any of that help from the referees just uh, against Buffalo. Really quickly, looking ahead to week 15, these are our Saturday games. You tell me if you're watching or not. Colts at Vikings, 1 o'clock Eastern time. Great uni matchup. Not watching. Ravens at Browns, 430. Go Browns. Dolphins at Bills. Yes, I'm watching that game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's good because... The Saturday slate's great because it makes up for a pretty, pretty awful Sunday slate. Okay, let's not depress everybody. Uh, we'll talk about these on Wednesday, and uh, I'll tell Marcus why he's wrong on Jets, Lions, and other assorted items. But for now, if you want to hear more from Marcus, check out Locked on Cowboys. He hosts that with Landon McCool. Give Landon a follow, and he covers the Raiders for USA Today. He's also got an article uh, that I was teasing him about on Trevor Lawrence on profootballfocus.com. You can follow him at Marcus underscore Mosher. I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. And as always, we really, really appreciate you guys. Uh, We will talk to you on Wednesday. Take care, everybody.